Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the racetalk.com. This is on the grid. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. Another big week to talk about. We'll catch up with Tom Randall in just a sec. Of course, uh, Tom drove at the Sandown 500 a couple of weeks ago. Not good for his car and his team, but they will look to make amends at Bathurst in a week's time. Also, in between Bathurst and Sandown, Tom went down to Phillip Island last weekend to drive the big Saab V8. We'll talk to him about that car and just how the weekend went in general. All that to come with Tom Randall in just a sec. Mark Walker and Richard Quell also to join me in the second part of the program to have a chat about what's been a fairly big week in motorsport as well, especially with Oscar Piastri getting his first podium over there in Japan. All that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. As we say good day to Richard Quayle off the top of the program, as we always do. Hello, Quayle. Hello, Tony. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you, mate. Did you have a good weekend? I had a good weekend. Uh, not at a racetrack, which is a rare occasion this year, but uh, I did flick on the Blendline TV every now and then and caught a little bit of the Vic State racing action. Mm. Uh, enjoyed a Grand Prix at an extremely civilised time on Sunday. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you, Shebex, definitely indulged in a bit of day drinking when that was going on. So that was very pleasant. Um, yeah, no, excellent. Good weekend. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if you did tune into the State Series at Phillip Island, there's a chance you would have seen our guest driving around in uh, the big beast that he loves jumping into. Tom Randall joins us for a chat. Hello, Tom. G'day, Shebex. G'day, Crailsy. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Well, thanks for coming on, mate. Was it nice to get the beast out again? It's always nice getting the uh, the Saab V8 sports sedan out there. It's not often that Saab and V8 are in the same sentence. So <laughs> to have to have the old faithful out there and uh, and running around Phillip Island, and the, it was just not only that glorious weather across three days at Phillip Island. Now that's a rarity in itself, but it's just such a fun weekend with my dad and and the guys, Adrian, Jeff, Dave. Chris, they, you know, we all hang out and try and dial a bit more grip into the Saab and, um, you know, trying to go for a lap record or, or whatever it may be. But it was just such a fun weekend. And those state meetings, are, apart from being, you know, so well run, everyone's just great. You can pretty much walk up and down the paddock and, and everyone's just got a smile on their face and everyone's willing to help out. So, those, uh, yeah, it, it's just a lot of fun. I really enjoy them. Uh, poll by a casual 8.7981 seconds, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, there's no question. Yeah, it's just a statement. <laughs> uh, look, uh, yeah, as I said, we, we weren't exactly going for the, uh, well, the, the honours in terms of, well, the poll or wins. It was really trying to go for that lap record. But, um, yeah, the track probably wasn't as fast as, well, we were expecting we were the only category there on a slick tyre, so it made it a little bit tricky. But um, hmm. 
yeah, as I said, we 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 had a goal. Unfortunately, didn't get it, but that's motorsport and and um, yeah, it was a pretty decent margin. But you know, we didn't have Caruso or Riccardello or Tomasi there, so I mean, it wasn't national rounds. It wasn't a national round, so mm. um, yeah, it was. Yeah, still, it's. Uh, I don't think I'll ever be saying that in supercar land, though. <laughs> no, it'll be. It's more like point <laughs> point zero zero eight seven seconds. What What was the great, goal? Were you, were you Were you trying to get a lap record? Were you? Is that what the the plan was? Yeah, that look. That's always the goal in sports that ends outside of well, in a, if you're doing a national series, try and win the title. Something I haven't actually been able to achieve yet. So my dad's got me on that uh, as being the OS champion of 2006. But um, yeah, those sorts of rounds, yeah, we would try and target the the uh, the lab record. But it's tough. I mean, we had a few dramas in practice, um, so pretty much had no running on Friday, and then Saturday uh, the race. Um, yeah, we we kept the old tires on it then Sunday we put some greens on it but the first race was safety car from turn four and then and then red flag so sort of let, went into the last race with not a lot of knowledge and just giving it a crack and then unfortunately we had a right front right front flat about four laps in so didn't have a get, didn't get to have a go at it but yeah it was gonna be tough didn't do enough miles to dial it in and, and as I said the track didn't have much rubber on it so yeah it was a little bit out of the out of reach but had a lot of fun reaching nearly nearly 300 down the chute. I think we got 298.5 and, you know, you're bombing it into turn one in sixth gear, keeping it in sixth and minimum corner speed around turn one's about, I don't know, 230, 235. Oh, so, yeah, you, you, you're moving <laughs> in one of those cars. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the hot tip. Yeah. And and on that, sports sedans, and I, and I think this year's Bathurst Undercard is the best support program we've had on the mountain for a long yeah. time. And sports sedans are there. How much did you think about bringing the old girl up there to have a run against what is a 36-car national field and have a proper crack at a Bathurst lap record? But did, did it cross your mind? Did you have a quiet word to uh, Tickford and say, hey, I thought I might, I've got an opportunity to get some more laps of Bathurst <laughs> across the race weekend? Uh, look, that was uh, – it was – briefly a thought and then it was shut down pretty quickly but um to be fair it was kind of shut down from my side as well i mean i um yeah if, you, if you're going for a lap record around there in a sports stand it means you're moving and uh <laughs> there's a lot of places to have a moment at bathurst and uh, i think if you were to have a big big moment in a in a sports sedan yeah i think the outcome may not be so favorable so um we thought you know what to protect uh protect the car and the driver um i think we'll just Parker for that one, and um, try and go for a for a good time, or you know, go have a good weekend in the in the supercar. I mean, the, the weekend's just flat out as as it is in in a supercar, and yeah, being the main driver, there's a lot of commitments outside of the actual racing, as you know. And I think not only that, but if I was to drive the Saab, you'd go from a car that you're so fast over the top with high downforce to a car that's pretty much got next to not much downforce. Um, in terms of that aspect, probably tr mixing the two wouldn't be great. But yeah, I, I think that's probably one track. As much as it'd be amazing to take that car there, I'd, I'd probably rather not take our Saab there. That's fair. I know you're a supercar driver and you do high speeds all the time and probably not too much scares you when you're driving at all. But would that be the thing that would probably do it for you? The Saab at Bathurst? The Saab, for sure. Boys? Yeah, that would. Yeah, I mean, that thing just scares me any time I drive it. I mean... It's um, and that's a good thing, you know. I mean, I love the challenge of driving that car because it's so unique. I mean, it's got a live rear end in it. It's got 
no, you know, we've, we've opted for no traction control. It's got no ABS. It's, you know, NASCAR motor sitting right next to me, nearly 800 horsepower, naturally aspirated. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a home-built machine. And, um, you know, that chassis was built by Ron Hossack uh, in 2008. So it's about 15 years old, but had a lot of mods done to it. And that's the thing I love about sports nans is, um, yeah, it's, it's got that homegrown uh, feel about it. You, you can, you're always kind of trying to mod it in some way within the rules. And for, for me, it's got so much history and heritage in our family. I, I know it's a unique car and, and everyone probably thinks it's uh, quite an interesting car to put a V8 motor in it. But, uh, you know, my dad ran a Saab Volvo servicing business for nearly 30 years. So that's sort of how that began. And just to be able to keep that in the family, um, yeah, that, that's, it's sort of got a special place in my heart for sure. Uh, the weekend at Phillip Island had a little bit of a Tickford feel about it. Rod Nash was there, I think, with his son also driving in one of the categories. Uh, was there any business spoken between the two of you? <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I was following along Charlie's weekend quite uh, closely and also uh, Sven's son, Seth, in the, uh, in the BMW yeah. X30. He was driving in that too. So it's cool watching them and then hanging out with them. And, um, yeah, like I said, I love those sort of meetings because you can it's very low-key and everyone's great to talk to and yeah we're, we're watching on so i might get might get charlie on the sim a bit more but uh but yeah we'll see it should be uh, should be good it's cool to see Sven's kid running as well and i've known Sven a long time through porsche racing and i remember when seth was born so uh it's cool to see him work his way up and, and get behind the wheel as well which is great um we, uh, Shebeck's mentioned we saw you on Blendline in the Mighty Saab, but we also heard you doing a little bit of a guest spot in commentary for the, the final round of the Australian Formula Ford Championship. Uh, nice to see uh, your mates from that category, which I know was a big part of your junior career. Nice to see them in action, and they produced some pretty, uh, pretty cracking racing over the weekend. They always do, and you know, credit to uh, to the guys at Blendline TV, Callum Brennigan for letting me join in with him, and, and Darren Smith for. Well, I, I gave him a little bit of a break to uh, to catch his <laughs> breath generous. because there was plenty of action across the weekend. And I mean, well, we actually had action before the race even began in the last one. But, you know, all credit to the Sonic Motor Racing team for grabbing the title. And, and Matt Hillier he did a great job all year. So, you know, it's for me, it's still one of the best junior categories that, that is out there. Uh, if you want to have a career, whether it's, you know, supercars, open wheel down the line in Europe or America, I mean, Shebeck's pointed out to me, I think it was 32 of the 54 drivers in supercars that race at the Santa 500 made their start in Formula Ford. So, and you, you can just look at the numbers, how many cars were there on the weekend in Formula Ford. It's such a strong and competitive category. It's well run. And um, yeah, I, I still think it's highly relevant in trying to forge a professional motorsport career. To, to, uh, Oh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Two uh, clarifications there. 33 out of 54, because Shane Van Gisbergen also got his start in Formula 4, but that was in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. I was talking about uh, the Australian series. Yeah, we don't series. worry about them. No, no, yeah, exactly. We only worry about the Australian series, Tony. And it was the penultimate round of the Formula oh, okay. Ford season. We've actually got a round to go in uh, Talon Bend in three weeks' time. Oh, nice. Even better. That's correct. Yeah. I think Hillier wrapped it up, though, didn't he? He did. He, he has, yeah. yeah, he did yeah, after he did, race yeah. two. Yep, correct. Yeah. Yeah, he's so. 90-odd points up, and there's 61 left, so cannot be caught. Yeah. Nice. Uh, when we last spoke to you, which wasn't that long ago, mate, after uh, Taylor and Ben, you'd had a, 
a terrific weekend there in the the Castrol Mustang. But just run us through your Sandown 500 with uh, Shepparton's finest Gary Jacobson alongside you. Gas pedal Gary, as they call him. I call him Clutch Pedal Gary now because he now rifle breaks. So uh, oh, nice. That's that's my new slogan. So we worked pretty hard pre-Sandown. Um, big change to go from left foot braking to right foot braking. I think it's been a really good thing for Gary and. He's taken it with open arms and he's been fantastic to work with throughout the whole journey so far. He's committed to the team and, and Car 55. Nothing's too much of a drama. And uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed our time working together thus far. And look, leading into the weekend, I mean, didn't really know where we we're going to stack up. We had a great tail and bend, as you said, and it's, it's easy to become complacent. But we, we, we had a great qualifying on the Saturday, qualifying yeah. fourth and the best of the Mustangs, which was which was fantastic and the shootout was well it was a bit scruffy from my end i just pushed a bit too hard but um you know getting in the shootout's great i just overstepped the mark and you know that's uh probably lack of inexperience on my end uh, i was a bit disappointed in myself but you know that's what those shootouts are for giving it a crack so um anyway we started the race from ninth and uh, unfortunately i think about lap 50 or 51 we had the uh, the serpentine belt that sits on the front of the motor. It, it snapped. Now, we don't know whether that's from mm. debris or, or, or we're not quite sure whether it just failed, but that pretty much put an end to our weekend because that meant that uh, Gary lost the power steering pump and also the water pump on the engine. So we had to come in the pits and, yeah, we went about 11 laps down. So by the time I got out there, I um, was just driving around and and uh yeah i did about 60 laps on a set of tires and and my engineer cool. race said hey what do you think about putting gary back in and i thought you know what that's actually a great idea so <laughs> not, not not often does the co-driver get to finish that race but in terms of experience for gary in these gen 3 mm. cars it was perfect because the next time he drives the car will be at bathurst and uh you know that's just some more miles for him and it's the it's uh two endurance races in a row for me where i've I've been the main driver and I haven't, it's a terrible stat for me, but I haven't started or finished. So I'm hoping that that does not continue. <laughs> well, well, and it's rare that co-drivers start Bathurst these days as well. So that yeah. hopefully you can finish it there, mate, finally. Well, that would be very nice. So yeah, our car <laughs> unfortunately only lasted one corner last year. So let's fingers crossed we can go the whole 161 laps. But um, like I said, I, I think we're in a good position and, Coming off the back of some good good speed, strong pace, strong results, albeit, you know, P26, 11 laps down at Sandown. But I think the speed's been there and, mm. yeah, we showed that in qualifying. So if we can just have an, you know, ease into the weekend at Bathurst, it's very easy to try and go red mist early on and, um, yeah, cause some dramas. So I think we just need to have a good qualifying, make sure Gary's comfortable in the car at Bathurst. And, yeah, it'll be the first time we take these Gen 3s to, to Bathurst, um, outside of when they've done demonstration runs. So who knows if we're going to see the magical 300 on the dashboards or not. Tom, I hope you don't mind if I ask the question and I don't mind if you don't answer it, but was there a, a bit of tension at the factory heading up to the announcement of Tim Edwards or was that just a real surprise on everybody when it happened? Uh, yeah, I, well, yeah, I didn't actually know what we had the team meeting and I wasn't sure what it was about. Obviously, there were those speculate, speculation articles that came out um, over the oh, Sunday, I think, at, at, at Sandown. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, all that, that's um, that's nothing to do with me or the team. That's, you know, it's 
you know, to do with, with Tim, obviously. But, um, yeah, obviously it was, uh, you know, a bit of a bit sad in a way because, I mean, Tim has contributed so much to the team over his, I think, 19-year stint at Tickford, Pro Drive, FPR. He's been there through quite a few name changes. And to 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 do that job, you know, I, I don't really envy him at all because that would be, you know, to try and steer the ship for, for that long, it's, you know, it's quite a responsibility and, you know, uh, looking after so many staff and, and dealing with, you know, you've got to, well, sponsors, uh, all sorts, um, back and forwards between supercars and, yeah, there's a lot involved in being the CEO of a, of a company and, to do it for as long as he did and, and, you know, plenty of success along the way for the team, you know, winning Bathurst multiple times at a team, at a driver's championship. And that's, Tim gave me my start in super two and then the step up to main series in a few wild cards and then eventually full time last year. So you know, I've got a lot to thank for, for Tim, my, myself, but there's been plenty of, other drivers that have got their start through Tickford Racing as well, including Cam Waters. So, um, yeah, he's contributed a lot to the team, to Ford, to our members, to our sponsors over the years. So, um, yeah, it's certainly going to be a different mm. uh, feeling next year. But, I'm, I'm, you know, we've still got three rounds to go. So I caught up with Tim today and, and we had a nice chat about things. And, um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to Bathurst. And he sort of said, you know, you guys can just give me a Bathurst win. That'd be that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> no nice pressure. gift. And, yeah. and no, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. But um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Like it's yeah, it's gonna be different as well. So um, you know, mm. obviously, Trudy's part of that as well. So um, that's gonna be yeah, gonna be different without both Tim and Trudy. And Trudy's contributed a lot for the team as well. You know, she looks after. The, the memberships as well and and of course feeds us on race weekends so um yeah i'm not quite sure who's going to be uh who's going to be helping uh, mandy out with the food next year but um certainly the steaks and salmons that tim cook for dinner for us on at night is going to go is going to be missed and also the the brekkie wraps that they provide and and all the lunches that they do i mean i don't envy trudy either the, the shopping list that she would have for every yeah. round that would be mm. enormous so the the uh, the seek.com.au ad that goes out wanted uh, Tickford Racing CEO must Interest. be able to deal with sponsors, do driver contracts, but also needs to cook a mean salmon. I think that's yeah. one of the yeah. one of the driver criteria. Next one for you. I think that's uh, the biggest one. I think that's the biggest the, criteria. The catering side yeah, of things. The steak well, and the salmon. Yeah, and, make and sure army... the salmon the, the salmon's cooked well and the steak is medium rare. You know, there's what are nice. requirements. Do you do you go the Diane sauce? Are you a mushroom sauce kind of guy, Thomas? With your steak, or oh, do you just I have a choose? Mm. Uh, I like With a pepper sauce. Actually. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah nice, yeah, nice. nice. Yeah. Or like mm. a red? Is it a red wine? Red oh, wine, jus. like a red, red wine, wine jus. jus. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, red wine jus. That's it. I like a red wine jus. If I had my pick. yeah, the old mm. Tickford Catering's pretty good. Then I like that. Um, next next question for you. Now, those that that know you and those that listened to your previous interview with us on the show earlier this year will know we talked about your simulator. Now, I'm assuming you've been pounding around that at Mount Panorama in a virtual version of your Castrol <laughs> Mustang. Can you please give me, within half a second, don't don't give all your state secrets away, can you let me know how fast these Gen 3 cars are going to go at Bathurst, please? <laughs> because I think we all, we all know they're going to be quicker up and down the hill with a bit more straight line, but across the top with without the aero the older cars have got, they won't be as quick. So... 
what's a lap time going to be? What, where is it? Is it a six? Is it a five? Is it a, a three on low fuel on good tires in quality? Like, where's it going to be? Yeah, well, that's a that's a million dollar question there, Krause. Um, I it's a tough one because, well, the other variable is that we're on a soft tire this year, which yeah. we haven't been on at Bathurst before. So, in terms of what we're going to lose in the high speed, I don't. Uh, we might, we're probably going to make that up a little bit with the soft compound, and same with like turn one, the last corner, mm. and. Plus, these cars are lighter. They're going to have less drag, yes, less aero. So they're going to lose some speed over the top. But I don't think they're going to lose much from, you know, entry to Forest Elbow all the way to the line and then from the line until the cutting. So it, mm. honestly, like, I'm not sure. I mean, on the sim, low fuel with the soft tyre, you know, we're getting in the, well, we're getting in the threes. But I look... I really don't know. I think it could be, yeah, on a green tyre, on a soft, low fuel, and the track's right. could be a four, maybe. I, yep. I really don't know. It's a tough one. I mean, Sandown, we were about a second off um, last year's time. Yes. So, yep. you know, seven, four plays an eight, four from Brody. So about a second off. And now Bathurst, yeah, let, let's say it's the same delta could be yeah maybe a four or like a high four or maybe a low five so i mean i don't think it's going to be massive but it's not massive no then again but then again sand down comparison is the same tire but bathurst is yeah we're a softer rubber this year so it could be yeah. closer yeah he knows, he, he knows Shebex. he's got a he's got a data trace sitting in front of him right now <laughs> i reckon that just he and his mates at tickford know I'm not calling you a liar, Tommy, yeah, right. but I reckon you're playing the cards right to your chest, which I like it. And so he should. <laughs> no, hey, I, mate. Just don't wanna, I just don't want to say we do a three and then I go out and do a five and I'll put you down. <laughs> uh, well, we'll yeah, have but, you back the next week. Don't worry. Yeah, but, mate, if you do a five and it's quicker than everyone else are doing sixes, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Hey, Tom, uh, well done on the weekend, mate, up at Phillip Island. Uh, we wish you all the best at Sandown. Hopefully you can get the car at Bathurst. Sorry, get the car over the line 161 laps later and finally get uh, a finish as a main driver in the, out of the last three starts <laughs> to you and your team. Thanks for your time, Matt, as always, and we'll catch you uh, up there in the next uh, couple of weeks. Next week, I should say. Yeah, it's coming up fast. Yeah, no, thanks, boys. Us. Pleasure to be on the show. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you in less than a fortnight's time. Nice Good work, on you, mate. Tom. Tom Randall joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. As we welcome Mark Walker to the podcast, as we always do. G'day, Mark. Gentlemen, have you got the fever? I think I've got the fever, the Bathurst fever. It's picking up. Oh, good. Not the other, the bad fever. No, no. that timing would be atrocious. We're tremendously healthy. Good. Not sleeping. Just so excited about Bathurst. It's come on quick, hasn't it? I, at the end of the interview there, I said to Tom, we'll see you in two weeks up in Bathurst, and then I had to check but myself. No, I thought, hang on, it's only a week away. As as our listener listens to this, it will be we will be on the mountain in seven days' time. So yeah. that's particularly exciting. In fact, as, uh, as you might listen to this, let's say you're listening to this on your drive home on Wednesday night, uh, in seven days' time, I would suggest we're probably somewhere in the vicinity, Mark, of Reckless Brewing down there uh, near South Bathurst, having our first uh, reckless brewing beer of the week, I would have thought. Very early to dip into the hots, but they released a Walk and Trail and Treaty United beer this week. And <laughs> at the that. end of that, my note there, I said, Richard, should we make a booking? Because yes. I think we're going to need bookings this week because that place is going to have a bit on. Yeah, yeah. 
So we're just locking in and booking every night, I think, don't we? It's, Can we? Please. Except for Chinese on Sunday night, of course. Yes, clearly. Let's yeah, no, it's, it's good. Happens. The fever is the fever is real, uh, and it, it's an exciting one. It's you know all the the hype around the 60th anniversary. Um, I was chatting to someone earlier this week who's on the the team that goes and builds the place and puts in all the temporary infrastructure, and they said it's shaping up to be enormous. Um, all the campgrounds are absolutely reamed, not a space to be had. Um, there's going to be overflow camping in the town, like we've seen in the past, which is great. Um, and yeah, ticket sales are very, very strong. So, you know, 195,000 there last year over the four days, a very good chance it'll crack 200 this year and, and could be one of the biggest ever with this, this 60th anniversary celebration, which is cool. And some of the other stories about the, the cool cars that are going to roll out and little tributes to the history of the race is going to be nice. a, a cool added element to it. You say 195 last year. I mean, I think a fair few of them drowned on the way into the circuit or yeah, never so actually got there. So. There might have actually been 200, but 5,000 just went MIA because they couldn't get in. Slid under the, so, the fence. The, the best irony is that, it, that this year we're staying closer to the circuit in our house than we did. We had to walk from where we parked last year with the uh, with the closed car parks and there'll be much less peril of dying and falling in a uh, three-metre deep mud bath. So... It's a win for everybody. Mm. Yeah, weather's looking good for the weekend uh, up there Yeah, in a week's time. So, fingers crossed it remains that way. Uh, who who needs to lift their game from Sandown, boys? Much of the field? Yeah, you'd say everybody except two coat cars, two triple eight cars, and probably Andre Heimgarten and Dale Wood. Yeah. The, the thing is, Brad Jones Racing are rubbish at Bathurst. They've had all the starts going back to 20-something years, and they've mm. had three podiums, and they haven't had a podium since 2009. It's great saying that they're excellent at strategy and all this sort of stuff, but they never get it together at Bathurst. Well, they are great at strategy, and you're giving away what I wrote in my Bathurst preview coming up on the race talk, but if there's every year where their strengths, which are their incredible adaptability with race strategy, their incredible pit stops, four million time winners of the pit stop competition. If there's ever a year where that is going to pay off, it's this one where there's no compulsory pit stops, where we have no idea what fuel economy is going to do. We have no idea about tire life on the soft tire at that place. So I think it plays to their strengths. They've just got to execute properly. I think they're in good shape. They've, they've been good at tracks this year where they haven't been strong before. So, and, and on the way they've built and built over the second half of the season, especially has been really impressive. Not, not just Andre though, like Bryce mm. forwards had a really impressive second half of the year. So I think, and he's 10th in the championship. So I, I think they're in pretty good shape. If, if there's a year they're going to perform, it's this one. It has to be. Mm. Will they have much more of an idea by Saturday night? Or is race trim just going to be so different to what they'll have during practice and qualifying? No, I, I, mate, they, they will know. I, I, I reckon yeah. by the end of Friday, you're going to know if you're a shot to win the race. The, the only the only reason you'd qualify that is that I'm pretty confident we've got a full 24 inspect race at some point in our near future because we haven't had one in a while. So... Like there could be the usual chaos where somehow or another a Nissan manages to finish on the podium. But um, 
yeah, I, I I would think that a lot of Thursday is going to be about working what these cars are like on full tanks on the soft tire there. And then by midday Friday, when you start shaping your weapon up for quali on Friday night, that brilliant session on Friday night, I think you're um I think you're gonna know. I reckon you're gonna know. Hey, you've got early. two hours two hours on Saturday anyway to figure yeah. it out then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to qualifying because these cars, watching them in the flesh at a racetrack. They are so sketchy in qualifying trim and they're going to have one lap per set of tires. You're not going to get a second lap out of those soft tires around Bathurst. It's such yeah. a long lap and they're on edge. Somebody's going to bin it and it's yeah. going to be costly and it's going to set them back on race day. Yeah. Yeah. We Makes should go sense. to the top for that Friday night session. If it's dry, we should go and watch from McPhillamy park or Reed park or something like that. Cause they, those things across the top are going to be wild. Right. Mm. on full tilt like that they will be spectacular across the top so yeah that that friday night session is one of the special motorsport sessions of the year in this country and um followed followed by the shootout 24 hours later so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to that and qualifying this year has been a highlight of supercars hasn't it with the mm. way they've been yeah. those sessions and how they've been unfolding um yeah. and the other no great thing about it qualifying anymore the other great thing about it is is nobody's been there, nobody's tested, and that's all to the mystique, isn't it? The fact mm. that the first time they hit the track at Bathurst with these new cars will be the first time they hit the track. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's one of the appeals of this year's race, for sure. Yeah, for 100%. sure, hundred uh, percent. Good. Uh, you, you mentioned before, Richard. And I, I tend to agree with you one hundred percent on the uh, support category. The support categories being there this year, amazing. Yeah, I on quality. It's got to be the best undercard at that event for, oh, I, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. Like, would you would you have TCM over National Sports Events? I'd have TCM. Well, but I, I'd have TCM with 30 cars. Yes. Yep. yep. But National Sports Events, I mean, they may only get five green laps, but no, it'll be well, hilarious while it's happening. Whenever Sports Events happen there, it's spectacular to watch, but the mm. racing's garbage. They yeah. don't... They don't but, push hard on but it. But sports and ends, yeah, but but to the point though, we haven't had a proper national round there for a long time. And so we've got Ricky Dello and Jordan Caruso at the front who will push properly hard. Mm. So at least you've got two that will have an absolute tilt. And they will be the two quickest cars of the event, I'm sure. Mm. Um at full tilt, those things should be doing twos and threes around there with the aero they've got, with the big tire and with the grunt up and down the hill. So yeah, like I, yeah, I love TCM. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, I love the fact they've rolled the dice to have sports dance there to mix it up to have something different. And there's lots of great stories in that, like Angus Fogg, the Kiwi coming over in his um, New Zealand Central Muscle Car Mustang, which things are a weapon, and you know it's quicker than it was when it ran here with TCM when it was fairly reined in and still did thirteens. Um, so he'll go quicker. Ronan Murphy driving a Mark car entry which is cool so ronan getting his first bathless laps ahead of a porsche around there at the international later this year so there's lots of good storylines but she begs to your point sports sedans are great they're cool toyota 86s has been the the peak for motor racing entertainment in terms of proper great just awesome high quality racing this year the super Utes have been very very good yeah um and you're all very well aware of my thoughts on career cup so I think it's a 
I think it's a super program. And I haven't even mentioned Super 2 and 3 yet because you just don't need to, do you? And they, they've figured out a way to go Super 2 and 3 this year at Sandown. So yeah, you exactly. can't see them turning back now. No, no. Like, Stay they, were, Super two. they were three wide for the lead out of turn four at Sandown. Like, there, there's definitely a moment where they're three wide through the kink at the chase, aren't they? At some point next week. Oh, it's going it, to happen. It might be too wide and too high, you know. Well, I don't know uh, how it's yeah. going to play out. Sure, sure. <laughs> Anyway, we've got a massive Bathurst preview coming up next week, so we'll save our uh, our bullets for that. I, I do believe, though, that since and, – and apologies for not joining you last week, and thanks to Chad for jumping in, but the, mm. the big story, I suppose, since our last episode has been the uh, retirement of Tim Edwards. I, you, you probably spoke about it a little bit last week, but I don't think we got confirmation until the Wednesday, did we? Yeah, and no, I'm pretty certain we missed the news on that. As per yeah. normal, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah of course. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think we talked on that. The what effect that's going to have on Tickford boys? I, uh, the they're going through a huge change there anyway. They're going from forecaster to leadership change. It'll be all changed there. So, uh, however it shakes out, they'll they'll find someone competent to run the ship. Uh, it was the way that that news shook out. That was incredible. Mm. Uh, Andrew Van Lawn broke it just as the Sandown Five Hundred was starting. Uh, Daniel Herrero from Speed Cafe went down there and interviewed Tim, who dropped all of the F-bombs in every possible permutation and combination of F-bomb. Uh, Auto Action ran a story in print spraying AVL for running a dud story, and mm. Tim Edwards pulled the pin shortly there afterwards. So yeah, Literally the next day, yeah. It was a wild sequence of events. Yeah. Yes, the, uh, the AA article... Uh, you know, was relevant for six hours and goes live on, you know, Tuesday night or Wednesday night or wherever it is. And yeah, Ted Woods uh, dropped the resignation bomb soon after that. So yeah, that was uh, an interesting, interesting turn of events. Um, how will it affect the team? I, I, I don't know. There, there's so much change going there that if you're probably going to change the person leading it, now's the time. I would have yeah, thought. Correct when you're you're removing two of your four um you know main points of business so your main revenue earners your main driver of your business you're basically halving it um in terms of your your main you know your your main line of work so they've got rid of two cars um and the associated stress that comes with that there's probably some revenue involved by you know revenue gain involved by getting the um, the wrecks on the market and moving them on as they've done. So income stream, good. Um, focus on two cars. I don't think any team's performed worse by downsizing in the past. So that performs well. And like Mark said, there's enough people out there, competent people in the game around the world that could come in and lead that team. Um, and then the, the separate discussion point on that is what's the legacy that Tim leaves? Um, is it a legacy of success with some Bathurst wins and a championship or is it a, a legacy of almost, but not close enough. And it's probably not for us to discuss right now, but something to look at at the end of the season when we review things, but it, it's certainly a fascinating story. And um, it's over to Rod Nash and Sven Voikart's the owners there to go and, and make the right call and find the right person to steer the ship. Fortunately, they've got all year to find one before yeah. the, uh, before the off season. Yeah, no, plenty of time, and they will uh, search high and wide, I'm sure, to find the right person for that organisation. Let's move on to Formula One, boys, because uh, that is where the big story was this weekend for Australian motor racing and the fantastic drive 
over the entire weekend by Oscar Piastri to grab himself his first F1 podium in Japan. Yes, did. Let's, let's just say that the uh, the time zone of that race was perfectly timed oh, for Oscar to perform with his best ever Grand Prix performance. I, I had Dutch Grand Prix flashbacks when I was sitting there in Germany drinking beer at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, it couldn't have done any better. Well, and the other thing is, is that that is the first time in a non-COVID year that for as long as I can remember that that yeah. race hasn't been on the same weekend as Bathurst. Yep. So I can't remember the last Japanese Grand Prix I watched. Yeah. So that was really nice. And uh, the TV ratings, by the way, here um, lived up to that because it comfortably topped mm. all the subscription TV on Sunday and was very nearly in the top 20 most watched programs on Australian television on Sunday. So um, that shows the power of Formula One. No, good, decent race. Um, hard to follow strategy-wise in places and was a bit messy uh, in places from a tyre point of view and a bit going on. But... You know, Max, as everyone thought, streamrolled away. But yeah, great, great for Oscar to score the first podium. And it's one of those you, uh, you know, you remember where you were when the first podium happened. And um, I was on the couch, a couple of beers down, enjoying a uh, enjoying a race and watching uh, watching Oscar do his thing, which was terrific. So he's the first rookie to get a podium since 2017, but that rookie in 2017 was Lance Stroll, so we don't talk about that. Um, the first rookie to get a front row start since Hulkenberg in 2010, mm. but unlike Hulkenberg, Oscar's now got a podium finish. Yes, yep. Um, I think I'm going to dip into my hots here, and it's Oscar's mum, Nicole, again yep. on the Twitter all yep. weekend, dominated the Twitter. I only sent out two tweets. That's all you need to do to absolutely own the place, but the uh, tweet of the absolute rubbish trophies did you have a look at the trophies there was yeah. like a seventh place trophy yeah why are we handing out trophies to seventh place i mean obviously it spurned oscar on to do better things in his life but mm. uh oscar everyone Monday gets a medal nowadays mark everyone gets a medal gonna chuck out the seventh place trophy at the go-kart mm. so well uh, well done to that and also the um online banter when he signed on for mclaren earlier yeah. in the week very was good it, it was the stress-free contract announcement, like always, winky face. Yeah, to and then Alpine, Alpine replied with the Homer, Homer. <laughs> dissolving back into the bush gif, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, that was very good. Very good. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was great. It was all really well done. And it, it was all in um, all in very Oscar style, wasn't it? Just, you know, and, and he's made a habit of, and you can tell where he gets it from now, his mum's mm. tweeting. Um, of having that quite wry, you know, dry sense of humour, which we like. So, no, it's great. I've already sent a message to um, the the Channel 10 people for next year's Australian Grand Prix that Nicole needs to be on that broadcast somewhere um, when he comes comes home as a Formula 1 podium sitter. Bit to unpack, though. Um, interesting battle, once again, between Oscar and Lando. So, uh, clearly part of the reason that McLaren signed is, A, they're worried that Lando is going to go elsewhere, and B, they're liking the fact, I think, that he's putting pressure on Lando and there's some genuine competition between them. So that's going to elevate the team. And Lando's probably driven some of his best races this season because he's been under pressure, which is great. And and he was clearly quicker on the Sunday, despite the, the well-timed virtual safety car pit stop for Oscar that got him in the lane and got him some track position early. You know, Lando beat him by 15 seconds in the end. So he was he was always going to be quicker, but did what he needed to do. The other thing for it is that with Alonso only scoring points for what, seventh or eighth, um, Stroll scoring zero points, it's a massive swing towards McLaren in the battle yeah. for fourth and fifth. 
in the world championship, which is probably 25 million bucks worth of, um, of prize money for them. So it's a, it's a big thing for them to get fourth um, at the end of the year. And the rate that Aston's developed their car to a standstill, um, it bodes well, if you're a McLaren fan, that they're going to beat them towards the, uh, the end of the season. So the Max podcast returned, which was big. Yep. Uh, he didn't muck around, but also he didn't muck around in qualifying. 0.581 yeah. second was the margin, the biggest mm. margin since Schumacher in 2004. Yep. Holy cow. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's as dominant. It's as dominant as he can be. And then on the flip side of that is Perez. Like, they're, they're, it's, 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 this is like the, the Nick Perk out at Walkinshaw thing. It's like everyone's going, we, he can clearly do the job. Like, this guy's won Grand Prix before. He won Grand Prix this year. Hmm. But what's going on? Something has switched that has just turned that second car, that second driver, that second team, turned them to mush, and but he's nowhere. Maybe we need to ask a couple of Australians who have been in that same situation but like, about yeah, what but, has happened. But they've never been this bad, Shebex. Like, that was a rubbish race on the weekend from him. It couldn't have been worse. Yeah, yeah the, the, const, the constant with Mark Webber and Daniel Ricciardo at Red Bull were that they always pushed the lead driver, quote unquote, really hard. And that was what caused the tension. This, mm. this is completely devoid of tension because everyone goes into a Grand Prix weekend now expecting Max to smoke everyone and Checo to do absolutely nothing. Like the bloke barely can make top 10 in qualifying in clearly the best car on the grid. So imagine how good this F1 season would be if Perez was winning one in every four races and was just keeping Verstappen in sight. And there was that tension that you had when it was Weber and Vettel or Ricardo and Verstappen, that you had that underlying tension between the teammates. The, the tension that is there in the smaller teams as they try and work out who's going to beat Max next. So there's that little little tension between Lando and Oscar about who's going to be topped off at McLaren. And, you know, the Alpines got into it on the weekend and um, Pierre Gasly was notoriously disappointed. Or was it Ocon who was disappointed? I think they were both grumpy at the end of that race. And, you know, the Ferrari squabbling among each other. Like, if that was for the World Championship, it'd be brilliant. But that's that's pro- part of the problem with this year is that Perez is just nowhere. Yeah. So, and and... You know, they employ a thousand people and spend two hundred and fifty million dollars a year trying to work out why. So I don't have an answer. But um yeah, interesting. Disappointing. But yeah. um but interesting nonetheless. Any action in the States, Mark, that we need to speak of? I saw uh, Scotty McLaughlin received a whole heap of trophies. Oh, that sounds like a very Scotty McLaughlin thing to have happen. They they released the IndyCar calendar. I was a bit underwhelmed or wasn't whelmed by the well, well let's IndyCar just wait calendar. for hot to not for that i think oh, no, then. okay well, uh, on the nascar good. on the yeah. nascar side sorry uh willie byron won the 300th race for rick hendrick like that's ludicrous mm. that's hot that's big uh he got the better of bubba wallace on a late race restart there at texas motor speedway um it was more the story of the playoff competitors who had absolute barriers kyle's larson larson and bush both wound up the fence ditto Ryan Blaney and Tyler Reddick. So that was big. I think the really big news, and I'll kick off a hot here with this, was the news overnight from Stuart Huss drivers, Ryan Priest and Chase Briscoe, who are running Talladega Knights cars at Talladega yeah. this week. Nice. The, uh, you Old got in early with that. that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Get there on the socials. That is brilliant. You just yeah, want to buy bread and cheap aftershave. Fantastic. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's get into get the let's get into the hots and knots, boys, because uh, we've already started preempting them. All right. Well, we're picking up on Mark's comment there. Uh, I, I am going to hot the IndyCar schedule. Um, one, IndyCar's got a schedule out. No, that's Stop. true. It's a good point. Take note, other racing organisations. Um, good job. Uh, two, it, it, it's a compromised schedule in that they had to block out basically three weeks in August for the Olympics, which are on NBC, which are the most watched sporting event in America. So NBC is their IndyCar broadcaster. So there was a compromise around that. But what I like, uh, I like the fact that they're only going to the Indy road course once. I actually really like the Indy road course. It always puts on really good IndyCar races, but they didn't need to go there twice. It was there as a COVID fill-in that sort of just hung around at the expense of having it because it was a NASCAR doubleheader. But with Cup going back to the Oval next year, um, there was no point for a second race. I love that they're going back to Milwaukee. Uh, IndyCar's best oval product outside of the 500 in recent years has been their short oval setup. So races at Gateway have been good. Races at Iowa have been very good on the 0.8 mile oval. So back to Milwaukee, a track they've been racing at on IndyCar since 1954 and before that when it was dirt. Um, I like that. That's a good addition. And the fact that it's a double header as well means they can add, basically add oval races to their schedule, even though they've lost Texas, which was down to a, a date issue with that track um, and the Olympics issue that we talked about, not being able to find a hole in the calendar for it. So that's a shame. But um, I also quite like, and it's been very controversial on social, but I actually don't hate the non-championship race they're doing at the Thermal Club. And the Thermal Club is a member's race course in California. It's not far from Coachella, apparently, I'm told. Um, that's where they have a festival there, I yeah. think, of music variety. Um, it's just near there. So all the uh, all the cashed-up Californians pop out there and drive their Audis and their Ferraris and Porsches at the Thermal Club. Well, they held their IndyCar spring training there this year and it was quite successful and a group of the owners there have got involved and uh with the track and with indycar and putting up a million bucks for a race and they're gonna have some heat races leading into a final and a million bucks to win so that's good that's a that's a move the needle kind of thing that isn't at las vegas motor speedway and the reasoning behind it um and we'll get marshall pruitt on to the show at some point later this year we had him on earlier this year um the reason behind it is that all the cashed up rich blokes there are the future potential IndyCar team owners. And they've they've found that a lot of aspiring car and team owners in IndyCar have come out of that market in the past. So uh, I like it. I think it's innovative. It's something different. I, I frankly, would run it for points as well. But hmm. um, I, I don't get why it's a second race on the calendar if it's non-championship. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't know why it's not for points. Just make it for points as well and put a million yep. bucks on it. Why not? Yep. But um, I don't mind the concept. I like the idea. And and some of the IndyCar fans have complained about the fact that there's only going to be limited ticketing. And yeah, but you get that. But from a championship point of view, if someone rocks up and says, we want to spend a million bucks on you, that's going to be a cool promotional item. It might drag in some more wealthy people to invest in the series. Then you're never, ever going to say no. And Roger Pease yeah. is pretty good at this business stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, I, I will add a knot to that calendar when we get to the knots later on. But, um, yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, my other hot this week, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, did get to spend a little bit of time, not much, um, but a little bit of time enjoying the Blendline TV coverage from Phillip Island. 
And I'm going to give a hot to that because like we, we like Blendline. It's a great product. But what they were able to do and what the good people, and, and it's probably a hot to the Phillip Island circuit organization, is they allowed the Blendline crew to use the scaffolds built yes, for the correct. MotoGP coverage. Now, MotoGP is a lot of things, but their TV coverage is elite. And uh, their camera positioning is very, very good. And there are a couple of locations at that circuit, namely the rundown through turn three, the big scaff at turn one, that mm. just elevate the broadcast massively. Mm. Getting some elevation on the cameras at that place, it shows the elevation of the circuit more um, and just really makes that broadcast product look premium. And it shows that you don't need to do a massive amount to elevate a reasonably basic streaming product. So well done to uh, Phillip Island Operations and to Blendline for that. I thought it was a really good looking broadcast. So Agreed. Uh, good job. Uh, hot to Formula Ford for just being awesome. The racing was great uh, as it always is. And uh, the Porsche 944s have to get on yep. because I love them. They're great. May have, I may have helped Tony Andreski with a, uh, a problem. Did you? Well, he was losing power turning right. And he couldn't work out why. And I put it to our category manager in Formula Four, David Harrington, Icky Harrington. Mm. Uh, have you ever heard of this? And he said, yeah, he said, it's just the float. He said, I'm pretty sure it'll be the float that's just cutting out the fuel. And every time that goes right, it doesn't actually, it, it loses petrol. So, mm. yeah, well, I think that might have fixed his problem. Did you tell Tony Andreski this? No, I haven't yet, but I will, I've got to get on to him. I've got to get his number my off only concern... oh, well, Congratulations, Shebex. You really nailed it there, buddy. That was my excellent only... work. Well, my only little concern with that is, Shebex, is that that's a very much a carburetor issue, but I'm not sure if it's a... Well, that's what know, I wanted to... I was going to ask you, are they carburetors but... or not? No, they're not. They're not. No, okay, well, then let's forget that. Mm. Ain't no float then. Anyway, good good luck for trying. And for those playing at home, Tony Andreski is not only a Porsche 944 competitor, but he's the marketing boss for uh, yeah. Porsche Motorsport. Uh, a knock to me for coming up with that little stat right there. No, no, look, uh, I, it, it's a hot for just your verbal, like, just con- verbal train of consciousness. A couple of hots from me. Uh, a hot to Tom Randall, uh, not just for joining us again on the program, but for his commentary on Formula Ford and just his whole demeanour. And he mentioned it himself throughout the whole of the, the, the two or three days that he was there. He went into every garage. He spoke to every single person. Everyone mentioned something that they might have had an issue with. Tom tried to help him if he could. It was just amazing to see one of the top echelon of our drivers and a supercar driver being the man for the people on that weekend. So congratulations to you, Tom. A fantastic effort by you. And my other hot is that uh, my horse is running in the Metropolitan this week at Randwick. No. Currently a seventy favourite. No. To win its third race just... in a row just fine. Really? Is no, this, this the is the winning horse. The other one's this... out in the paddock. Right. So this is the winning horse. A dollar seventy. A dollar seventy favorite. Where is it running? Randwick. In Sydney. It's a Group One race. If it okay. wins this, it qualifies for the Melbourne Cup. Really? So it's nominated for the Melbourne Cup, but it hasn't passed qualification yet. It needs to finish in the top five. Okay. So just I'm just bringing it up. Okay. I'm just bringing it up. All right. Noted. Thank you. Yeah, nice. good stats. Uh, Sebastian Vettel this week rallied the troops and installed some B hotels at Suzuka, a fantastic initiative from a retired racing car driver. Um, however, a hard knot goes to anyone in future who parks their busted cars at that part of the circuit <laughs> and gets swarmed by bees. Yeah. That uh, wasn't very well thought out, but anyway. Uh, 
also an F1 band of some wag has gotten onto Google Maps in Singapore and added the historical landmark at the corner of St. Andrew's Road and Connaught Drive entitled George Russell's Hopes and Dreams at the location <laughs> where he stuffed it in the fence last week. Um, now, being Google Maps, you're allowed to go on there and actually review it. And some fantastic banter going on there, including one review that reads, great parking spot, would recommend 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, furthermore, from Formula One, Sky Sports interviewed Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes hospitality tent on the weekend mm. in front of a QR code, which was a drink ordering QR code. <laughs> so everyone on the internet got on there and flooded the Mercedes no. hospitality <laughs> tent with drink orders. <laughs> I saw that. That didn't go well. Um, oh, uh, Thomas Randall, um, I'll add to the hots there. That sports man, it was clearly bringing a bazooka to a knife fight, but uh, in qualifying, if they ran the 107% qualifying cutoff rule there, luckily they didn't, it was 130, but if they ran 107%, nobody in the field would have qualified except for him. (laughs) (laughs) Eight and a half seconds better than the field. How Uh, cool. It really is like bringing an F-18 to the Battle of Hastings. Seriously, it's crazy. It's cool to watch, but uh, that whole, uh, that Saturday is, that I spent down at Phillip Island was just fantastic. Uh, you hotted the Formula Fords. I will hot the Formula Vs. They are mm-hmm. They're good too. They're yeah. literally four wide everywhere, every lap. Mm-hmm. And the commentators don't even bother getting excited about it because you, mm-hmm. if you, you'd blow a foo valve very quickly if you started getting up on the wheel about a Formula V race. So yeah. uh, great stuff from those guys. Uh, looking ahead to Bathurst, apparently, according to my maths, it will be Craig Lowndes' 30th. In the yep. 60th anniversary yeah. race. Think about that. He's been at almost half of them, half of them uh, which is pretty big. The Shell wildcard livery, I'm calling that hot. It's It was great to see Simona at Sandown. Um, mm. Said hello to Simona. She's one of the best people in motorsport that I've met in my journey. And the fact that she's back here with Kai Allen, who's supercars answer to sliced bread, I think that's great. And It's just a shame that they didn't get the big run up with the Sandown prep like the other wildcards did, but mm. uh, they'll do a Good job. Potential not from that launch, though, of the livery was the National Tile sponsorship on the car. Hello. Uncle, Uncle Frank Walker from National Tile. Hello. A I will be upset. I... He's, but, but he's a relation, isn't he? Like... Yeah, Uncle Frank. Yeah, Uncle it doesn't Frank. mean we get along. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's a dodgy along Uncle. with their Uncle Frank. <laughs> True. No, hey, two hots you. that I did forget, if yeah. I may, qu- very quickly. Your son becoming a junior photographer. Yeah. The uh, the shots that you put up on Facebook were fantastic of him holding his camera and some of the stuff that he's taken. So the future of our sport is safe in the hands of young Skywalker. And he, took, he took better photos than you. I'm a bit disappointed yeah. that he's no, really no, just stretched himself there. That's quite, that's quite easy to do. And uh, the other one, too, is the resignation of Dan Andrews. Enough said. Right. <laughs> biggest, um, biggest hot of the year. Okay. Right. Uh, potential hot. And maybe I'm sure the feedback on this will refer me to a doctor, but I'm just going to put it out there into the world and start a conversation. Triple eight. If they win Bathurst this year, it'll be their 10th great waste, great, great race waste. win. Great waste win. Yeah. Over in NASCAR, their hall of fame includes so many off track mechanical and team leading boffins, you know, Dale Emman, Maurice Petty, Kirk Shelmerdine, Waddell Wilson, this year, Chad Canals. When you start talking about, putting a triple eight boffin in there. Oh, no, let's call it a Mark Dutton. Who's been their driving force potentially behind 10 Bathurst wins. Do they belong in the hall of fame? 
This is a team that's won 10 drivers championships, 11 teams championships, 10 Bathings. Why not? It's Hall of Fame sort of start, you know, clearly still active, but so are Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes. They're in the Hall of Fame and they've been a big part of those, all that success. So my only caveat to that would be that if they go in the Hall of Fame, you probably have to go retrospective first because there's still been more successful teams in the part. Like Dick Johnson Racing would need to be in the Hall of Fame, surely. Holden but, Racing Team. Holden Racing Team. Holden Dealer Team, surely, but would Holden be Hall of Fame. Yeah. 10 wins at Bathurst, do yeah. they? Yeah, well, HDT. Or 11 teams championships. Yeah. I, just, I think you'd have to, if you start introducing teams, you'd need to... But I'm not like, opposed is, to that. Is it, a, is it a boffin like a, a Mark Dutton that is mm. the person that takes some credit for all of this success over the years and if he's been there the whole time? Yeah. I'm just starting the well, conversation. That's a fair call. I don't know. Interesting. I can hear you. I, I understand that people mm. wouldn't be receptive to that, but just yeah. chucking it out there. No, no. Interesting. Interesting. Quick lot of knots, boys. Knots? Oh, so you still got you still got hots, Mark. Sorry. Apologies. Last hot is uh, race yeah. talk this next week. Lots of content. Get on board. Mm, yeah, do it. Uh, read our road trip to Bathurst story. It's very good. Um, not MotoGP in India. Uh, it was a good race, but uh, it was a bit of a farce getting there. Massive visa issues. And ultimately, in a country of 1.2 billion people, all of whom apparently ride motorbikes, only 60,000 people rocked up. So they've clearly got a bit of head scratching to do there. That should have been a lay down was there for MotoGP going to that market, but it did not work. So not going on there. Um, no Texas on the IndyCar calendar. That's a not. Uh, despite the fact it removes 80% of the peril from the calendar, um, big super speedways are a part of the heritage of IndyCar racing. So uh, it's disappointing they couldn't make that work. Hopefully it is back on the program at some point in the near future, even if it means it will add years to the life of those watching from home. Uh, and not to the Newcastle City Council, who appear to be the last holdouts to getting a new deal done for the Newcastle 500 with the New South Wales government now firmly uh, in the pro. It seems like the council are the only ones holding it up. So uh, at the very least, just roll over for one year and then work out what's going on in the future, whether we need to move it somewhere else or whatever. Um and an ongoing knot, and we're locking this in as a knot until it gets announced, which could be next week. Uh, there's still no supercar calendar yet, and there's still yeah. no guidance as to what. Might have something to do with Newcastle. Well, yeah, but put it as a TBA. Everyone knows what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Roll the rest of it out. The problem are that if the, if Newcastle falls over, contractually they have to start the year in New South Wales, which is irritating because it means we have to go to Sydney Motorsport Park because they won't start at Bathurst again. It's too close to the 12-hour and the 6-hour, which is now late March. So you, you'd never get another event in that window. And plus you couldn't anyway by the yep. legislation of the joint. So, um, yeah. And then, so if you go to Sydney Motorsport Park, you don't want to go there twice because everyone's still got um, Stockholm Syndrome from 2021 So um, and 2020. So uh, you'd have to move the one that's set for August, the night race, um, and go somewhere else for that. So, which could be but, but a night race at the start of the year when it's nice and hot is probably not a terrible thing. No, it's not. Absolutely. But I don't want to open the championship at Sydney Motorsport no. Park when Newcastle is still an option. They could fill so, the uh, um, they could fill, fill the August spot with Calder. Well, yes, they could. Sure, they could. Well, they could go anywhere. They could stop hmm. stop the speculation around the bend and just lock that in. I don't know. There's so many options about where they could go and race, but. Um, 
Yeah, it's not until there's a calendar out. Um, we cannot wait until November 26 no. or whatever it was like last year. No, it has to be announced in Bathurst. It has yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, my knot was the blue between the council and the government, the state government. So I'll extend that knot by saying, why do we need councils? All state governments. Yes. <laughs> I could probably understand them more so than councils. Uh, yeah, see, I can understand them less than councils, to be honest with you. But uh, anyway, I, I have a long standing dream of the Barossa breaking away from the Federation and being our own country. But anyway, that's right. uh, part of the course. Get Mark mm. McGowan in, he can help you. No, no, I don't think he... Well, not totally Yeah, it didn't work for him, did it? No. Go, Mark. Max Verstappen doesn't like podcasts. He's said it as much. Mm. And on that basis, I don't think we should invite him on this one. So No, anyway. he's uh, Liam Lawson being overlooked at AlphaTauri, I reckon that's a knot. Honda clearly loves Yuki. Perhaps they love him 15 million times. And also, he's very tiny, so he probably doesn't eat much, and the catering bill be bit cheaper with Yuki on board, so I guess that's why you see there. Uh, bad news for Fernando Alonso this week. It's been confirmed that Taylor Swift is dating a footballer, so yes. I guess we can drop that bit from the show, so sorry about that. Uh, Ted Kravitz, that's all. Not. Oh, uh, <laughs> I wonder if someone should tell him that Red Bull are based in England and he'd change his tune a little bit mm. with regards to them. But anyway, as <laughs> uh, you were. A uh, huge stack on Blendline's coverage from Phillip Island on the weekend. It was uh, during one of the downtime between races when a go-kart speared through a fence and had an absolute tremendous barry, <laughs> which was captured on the live stream, which is pretty <laughs> to see. Uh, following on from Chad's not last week, uh, go and have a look at the video on Sprint Car Hub about the demise yeah, of Eastern Creek. It's, mm. uh, it's pretty uh, telling stuff. Go and have a look at that. And on Chad, I've been getting telling marketing calls from Andorra all week. So yeah. that's been upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Um, one final one from me, a potential not spanner in the works for SBG's hopes and dreams over in the States. Trackhouse, the team that he signed on for as a development driver next year, has two charters. And now they've signed a fourth driver with Zane Smith, uh, who was a hot shoe in the, in the ranks over there. So they have four drivers. They've done a deal with Spire, who've just purchased a charter for... Drum roll, please. Forty million US dollars, which is about sixty-two million. Just to get a wreck, sixty-two yeah. million dollars. Right. Think about mm -hmm. that. Think about logistics behind that. So basically, at the moment, they've got four drivers and two and a bit seats going on there. So it'd be interesting to see if Shane is able to carve away into the main game over there and forge a career over there. Obviously, they're going to put some effort behind him, but he's going to have to produce results and produce them pretty quick if he wants to get himself a gig. Yeah. Mm. Uh -huh. Beautiful stuff, boys. Big show coming up next week, as we said. Look forward to bringing it to you. Thank you for your efforts this week, gentlemen. Bye for now. And thank you for tuning in right here on The Grid.